They should have ended up together. Uh. Nah, nah. Are you thinking of that masturbation scene? Yeah, actually, I'm thinking about that <laughs> masturbation scene. Holy shit, you're right. He he kept I'm and right. she she like saw what happened and like turned away and then looked back. She kept looking. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why did you look back? Why are you spending some extra time to stare at him? A train wreck. Just can't stop looking. I'm sorry, Grandpa. Hello, and welcome to the I'm Sorry Grandpa podcast, where we're really friendly to one of your earbuds while displaying opposite defiant behavior to the other. Only your ears know which one we like best. I'm Morgan, and joining me today what? is my bleach-susceptible little sister. It's a me, Manny-o. Aw, Manny. And the arrow jammed into John C. Riley's back. I'll repeat a real one. It's Keanu. I did that for real. I did that for you. you. Did... What? You murdered, you I murdered John C. Riley. I, I murdered John C. fucking Riley. For us, thank you, Kendo. So nice mm-hmm. of you. He had it too long for too good. He had it too <laughs> long for too good. Mm-hmm. You heard it here okay. first, folks. You heard it here, <laughs> folks, first. Nope, I don't know. It's folks, March. You did? Yes. Oh, did you want to do one too? No, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's March, which means we're marching forward with movies featuring time skips that showcase a person's life. This week, we watched We Need to Talk About Kevin, the 2011 psychological thriller directed by Lynn Ramsey and starring Tilda Swinton and Ezra Miller. Before we begin the synopsis, keep in mind the content warnings for this film. Patricide, sororicide, adult abuse of a minor, and Uh, a school shooting. um, Kind of. That's hot. If Uh, any of these subjects are too (laughs) difficult for you to listen to, please turn off the podcast and do a light, non-taxing and relaxing activity instead. Go watch some South Park. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Specifically the Scott Tenman Must Die episode. <laughs> what a classic. I fucking love that episode. We Need to Talk About Kevin follows Eva Ketchadorian, a once successful travel writer who became a resentful mother to Kevin, who, while often clashing with Eva, plays the perfect son to his well-meaning but clueless father. The twisted and disturbing relationship between Eva and Kevin climaxes when she comes home to find her husband and their young daughter dead and learns that Kevin went on to kill several people at school. The film ends with Eva visiting Kevin in prison and asking him why he did it. Dejected and perhaps scared for his fate, Kevin replies that he used to think he knew, but now he's no longer sure. So That's hot. That's very what did hot. you guys think of uh, this film? What did I think of this movie is the question that you asked, Morgan. Mm-hmm. Well, my answer yeah. to that, Morgan, um, <laughs> is that I thought the movie was a little jarring at first. I thought it yeah. was a bit back and yeah i think i thought it was a bit back and forth i was like did morgan misunderstand the assignment but then as it went on (laughs) it sort of started to become more because i I hadn't seen the movie in a long time and i forgot how non-linear the first like 20 minutes are the whole movie is kind of like that though but to finish my statement keanu shut the fuck up 
Hey, uh, I'm 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 talking over here. Yes, I am talking over here, Keanu. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> um, it was jarring at first, and then as it became more chronological, it was a bit easier to understand and easier to keep up with. I generally like the film, um, but I have lots of opinions about Kevin as a character. Oh, um, yeah, me too. So yeah, I specifically definitely... Kevin. Not yeah. like Kevin and Eva or just Kevin. Yeah, I think Eva was just a person, but I think Kevin That's was true. like something else. I don't I don't know. <laughs> the oh, devil. Boy. I did in all honesty throughout most of this film call him like heckle at him from my couch, being like, That kid is not a person, that kid is a monster. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah. He's not because, a real character. Because Well, I mean that's the thing though. I mean you know, maybe he doesn't show regret necessarily towards the end of the film, but he shows something that's a little bit different than, like, sociopathy or whatever. Um, but who knows? I'm not a fucking psychologist. Maybe he's faking that too, right? to me. There's no... It's a bit ambiguous. Yeah. But, I don't know. I have, a th- I have a thing where it's like, there, you know, I think are a lot of gray areas in the world. And I think this movie um, actually sort of rocks up my belief that most people are neither good nor bad they're just people and that this person is bad he is a bad kid he's a bad person um so you know those are the outliers in the world that make me feel like oh yeah there are bad and good people in the world i find that oftentimes in movies specifically horror movies and thrillers um they tend to make uh, mental illness or like uh folks who are neurodivergent um this the bad guy they you know frame them as being like absolute remorseless monsters um and that's not the case in real life as we all know yeah there's plenty of serial killers yeah exactly there are exceptions there are your john wayne gracies your uh Gacy. what the fuck what the fuck's his name the brooklyn gay killer or something like that the bgk uh, <laughs> um the zodiac ted killer bundy. The... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah ted bundy ted cruz Ted Cruz, you're right. Ted serial Cruz. killer and all I forgot about that. That motherfucker is not smart enough to be to make like the the crypto shit that the Zodiac killer did. He's also born like several years. He later, became a politician. So that's that's the why bigger, he became the Zodiac. That's the killer. bigger deal there. You would have no, been like, no, my that's biggest wrong. issue with that is, is <laughs> pretending wrong. he's smart enough to even attempt. Well, you don't understand, Morgan. Is that? Ted Cruz is the most dangerous serial killer in all of history, and he's a time traveler. Why are you saying things like that? Because what I'm the... Ted Cruz. Those are the actual killer. Ted Cruz. You sound like Elmer Fudd. Sorry, what are your thoughts on the movie, Keanu? <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a very technically proficient movie. It like looks good. Acting's very good. Ezra Koenig is a great monster. But Ezra I, Mike. Ezra. Oh, sorry, Ezra Koenig. Sorry, <laughs> I was no. too many Ezras, too many names to remember. Uh, it, it's a good movie, you know. But I, I same with 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 Manny here. I disagree with how they present Kevin. I guess. Uh, how do you guys think they present Kevin? Because I think he's presented very sociopathic and that, and don't get me wrong, like evil. He's an evil person. Like, mm-hmm. there's nearly no redeeming qualities to him whatsoever. That's that's not a character. That's just a monster movie villain. You know, he's it's there's like a degree of like reality that this movie is trying to present to us. 
and it's just not there in my opinion because like if you want to talk about school shootings if you want to talk about mental illness if you want to talk about the nature of good people and bad people i don't think it's fair to like do it this way because it just presents it off as like yeah he was just evil the i mean i assume the movie was going for the same thing because with the book which is based on was trying to present or, or at least the theme that it was trying to look at was kind of that idea of nature versus nurture did eva make kevin the way he was because she was an absent, despondent, and resentful mother. Could Kevin have been more mm. like Seely if she had treated him like Seely when, yeah, uh, when when he was young? That's my problem with the movie. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the the interesting aspect of it comes more from Eva, which is why I find it so interesting that you guys are are really jumping on Kevin so much because he just feels like a catalyst for. The darkness in Eva, almost, you know. I I'm not saying Kevin is a like a bad character. Like they didn't they do him wrong. They didn't give him enough depth, you know. Like he he could he could have been fine as just like a, a movie villain. Like I get that he he's kind of like you root against him because you know he's a he's a heel. He's just a piece of shit. I think he gets depth. There are times when I totally related to Kevin in the film. Oh yeah, yeah. But, like, you can hear it in in his acting or his voice, right? Like, he just says, like, the most heinous shit. And there's something, like, when you told him, like, I think you're about to bring it up. When, like, he just poops everywhere and his mom breaks his fucking arm, right? No, that, oh, that's okay. not relatable at all to me. I didn't poop <laughs> everywhere. Someone broke my arm. The relatable <laughs> moment to me was when... uh. When he's talking, to, like his mom is telling him about how they're having another kid, and like he doesn't want to be in, uh, like a, he doesn't want a sibling, and she's like, well, you know, you'll get used to them, and he's like, well, you know, what d- getting used to something doesn't mean you like them, you know, you're used to me, and he said it in this way that was so clearly like, I know you don't like me, and like he's saying in this really vulnerable, like the kid did a great job acting. I thought he had like this really vulnerable voice to him of like this immense sadness or understanding that his mother hates him and he knows it. Um, And I've had an almost like, not word for word, but the exact same like Mm. backdrop and feeling behind it conversation with like my own mom. So it felt very, very real and, and grounded. Like having that, that knowledge at that age of like, maybe how someone that you're told is supposed to love you un- unconditionally might feel about you definitely would lead to a lot of traumas- traumatizing and messed up kind of feelings later that you, I mean, he was really shitty before that as well and continues to be shitty after. But he has these moments where we get a look into his thoughts or personality and mm. I guess kind of, how he reacts to this internal turmoil that he's had since since childhood. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with that point. I just find that it's lacking in this movie. Like they didn't give him they didn't do him enough justice. There should have been more humanizing moments for him. Tilda Swinton's character. Should there be more humanizing moments rough. for the guy who murders a ton of fucking people, Keanu? Like, it's one thing to understand the point that, like, you know, neurodivergence is a thing, but it doesn't excuse his fucking actions. He is, in fact, a monster. Right. But, like, 
where does that monster come from? Right? It comes where- from his fucking brain. But that's what the movie was exploring, right? Like, does is it just he's a messed up person since childhood, or does it come from the uh, the relationship with his with his mother that takes over the entire movie? Is their relationship? Did she make him this way? Or is he just born that way and would have been like this no matter what? I think, okay, are we getting to that part of the question? Because that actually is the whole pivotal point of the movie, and that is the question. And so my hot take on that is that his family did fail him. They did not provide therapy to him. That might have changed things. Might have, but we don't fucking know. That kid definitely had something going on. Maybe therapy couldn't have helped anyways. Maybe therapy wouldn't have actually changed things. Maybe he was always going to be that person. Because, let's face it, as far as traumas go and as far as negligence goes, they gave him the basic uh, necessities that he needed under, like, you know, whatever that fucking hierarchy of needs bullshit is, where it's... Maslow. He was fed. Yeah. Yeah. He was fed. He was housed. He had fucking water. He had all those things. He was not for wanting. And, you know, I understand that there is a lot of trauma that comes with, you know, neglect and that it is very much a form of abuse. And she was a shitty mother and they should have put him in therapy. But he very fundamentally had something wrong with him. So I think it's impossible to say one way or another. But I also think it's bullshit that as um, this was a conversation that me and Katie had. uh, I think it's bullshit that as a society, people are really quick to blame mothers. It's automatically like it's the mother's fault. It's the parent's fault. They failed the child but the child isn't just the product of the parent the child is product of themselves and every single other person that's around them so it's the whole society that failed the child because it's not like he wasn't in school it's not like people didn't probably notice what the fuck was up with kevin just yeah no one gave it the attention that he probably needed and even if he got that attention who knows what would have happened that's my hot take on it and i also think that everyone in that town is really really shitty to the mom who has lost fucking everything by the way yes yes Jesus agreed christ I'm not saying to stick up for Kevin. Like, I think they, they should have done Kevin. I don't like him. I don't think he deserved it, but he needed more depth. He's just a flat character. And that's the reason why I just can't, I fully get it. Because I agree with you. The problem is society here. Like, they just kind of completely ignored it. The father yeah. was absent. The mother yes, didn't like him. Society. Everything kind of puts it wrong here. And, uh, yeah, it's a jokerification of Ezra Koenig. Um, Miller. What? It's just shitty. Wait, sorry, what were you going to say, Mar- uh, Morgan? Miller. Ezra Miller, dude. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. No, I, uh, I agree. I think because people go through all kinds of abuse and some mm-hmm. of them come out of it better better people, not because of the abuse, but in spite of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And some people don't. And really, I don't know. So you can never say it was 100% this thing or that because yeah. two people can go through the same experience and come out of it different. We're, we all just have fundamentally, we all we kind of have what's inside of us and that can be certainly shaped, but it, it can't be like you can't, you can't change the clay into another material. You can just shape the clay. You can't make the clay this marble statue. You can just make your own little clay statue. That's what you are. You can make so many things out of it, but you can't change the material that you are. Uh, so, like, an argument over whether it's the mom's fault or not. Yeah, we all agree. She could have been a better better mother. And actually, I'm, I'm glad you guys aren't hating on her more. I was afraid everyone was going to, like, hate on the mom more. But no one is, so that's good. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's you can't just 
But yeah, like she lost everything. She lost her entire family. She lost just as much or more than than some other people. Not that that makes her play worse or better, but she's one of these people in mourning. And not only is she in mourning like them, she's also being ostracized from her community, which makes it even harder. Um, So I I think when it comes to like a, a question of that, the answer is always... Who knows? It really could have gone anyway. Some people have the best life ever and they still turn out to be assholes. You know, it's just, it's just I guess, what they wanted to be. Um, and Kevin for sure has a, more of a tend, Ted Bundy-esque uh, uh, <laughs> psychopathic issue that he probably needed therapy for. He was clearly uh, showcasing uh, ODD at a young mm-hmm. age, which is what um, psychopaths, ne- before the age of 18, a psychopath... Can't you can't be classified as a psychopath before the age of eighteen? Before eighteen, you are you are uh, diagnosed with ODD, which is opposite defiant disorder, uh, which clearly is what he had. He clearly had a form of opposite defiant disorder, which of course would eventually, if left untreated, become something much worse. Which is exactly what we see happen in this movie. We see a kid who is clearly uh showing this sort of specifically with his with his mom while showing a really sweet kind of side of him with his father uh and we see all these dark looks like everything he's doing when he's being nice with his dad is specifically to spite his mom it seems to be what's going on with the constant way he like looks back at her in these moments um and it was it was left completely untreated and it spiraled into something much worse which be like that sometimes get therapy folks it's it's helpful to to do that the only reason morgan's not out here with the gap gap is because of therapy i've never been to <laughs> yes yes <laughs> uh but the next thing i want to talk about kind of going off what i was just saying uh is the relation i mean i disagree that uh that kevin's a, a flat character but mm-hmm. that that would right. be a whole a whole different discussion i also disagree by the way oh yeah okay Keanu, let's, all right, well, let's talk about that first then. Okay. I guess, because we have some disagreements on him being a flat character. I think, Keanu, I want you to define for us what you think like a flat character is and, oh. and what makes him flat to you. Oh. He has, he has human traits. I get that. He exhibits very human stuff. He'll, he'll act out in certain ways because he doesn't want to. He just does that. He'll show off his good side to manipulate um, his father. I don't see the reason why he does that. There's no X because of this. There, there's a lot of show, there's a lot of showing us and not telling us this. I, I, I get that with this movie, and I, I think that's actually very cool about this movie. But there's the lacking reason why he's like this. He's just kind of shitty, and. What am I supposed to do with that, you know? Okay, so you're, the reason why you call him a flat character is because you don't understand why he's such an asshole. <laughs> why he's such a murdering piece of shit, yeah. Because, like, as someone who struggled with the idea oh that God. I can't change, I don't want to accept that someone is just a piece of shit garbage human. There has to be more to it than that. Otherwise, wow. why change? Why, why bother to even work better? I mean, we did see kind of the reason why. He exhibited bad behavior, and he 
wasn't punished for it, essentially. Like, his parents just let him smash his peanut butter sandwich on the glass table, smoosh it all around, and, like, they just... That's what happens when you don't either, like, discipline or kind of teach your kids right and wrong. There's a certain amount of privilege that he gets from it. Because he's just like, oh, he's just being a baby. He's just a kid. How are you supposed to punish a kid, right? You throw him against the wall and break his arm. I was going to say. That worked. (laughs) But the thing is, he He was like that before. Before the thing, though. Yeah, but he stopped shitting himself after that. He started using the toilet. That was the important part, Keanu. He stopped shitting himself. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. But like, That's all that matters. I I just don't. Oh, Kevin, buff- you can't everything. He, like, I think they fucked up by making it like start from his literal birth because they made everything about him like evil. And I'm like, why was he an evil baby? I thought this was gonna be like a fucking um. Oh whoa! Like, just Damian because he shit. cried all the time, all the time. Yeah, expectations of a baby. I'm saying <laughs> I'm like. No, no, I'm not saying I think it's a movie. I'm saying the movie's telling me it's evil. So I don't think the movie's telling me like, it's evil, man. I can't believe it. I have to deal with this bullshit. And she gets like, he go, she, she brings him to a fucking construction site. He wails even louder. What am I supposed to take away from that? Everything else after that he's just builds evil. on the fact that he's a piece of shit evil person. I'm like, he's not. He's just a baby. What am I supposed to do with so, that? But it's funny because that's what you took away. I was thinking... Wow, her child is crying, so she shoves him right in front of a jackhammer. That's probably not it's the neglect. right move to this. I'm like, win. why? I neglect? That that can't be it. That that cannot be the only reason why. No one fully just says, I'm going to shoot my other students and my mom and my and my, and my dad and my sister because of we neglect, you know? Or because a jackhammer, you know? I would argue the reason why he shot his father and his sister and, and the school was because he he did it after learning about the divorce and knew that he would be going with his dad. And that, that was the thing that I wanted to talk about next was the relationship oh. between Kevin and Eva versus everyone else. Because mm. it's pretty clear... When Kevin, I'll I'll just present, I guess, my argument or some points that I find interesting in the movie. When Kevin is sick in a moment of a real vulnerability, he wants to be with his mother and starts treating his father more coldly. Um, Those are the moments when he actually snuggles up and you see a bit of warmth where he's actually looking at her with love and wants to listen to the stories she has and it's a really strange moment for her. She even like is like, what are you doing when he gets closer to her? Because she has never experienced that kind of relationship with him before. When, when he finds out that, uh, that, the, that they're divorcing and the dad is most likely going to take him, he, that's when he acts out and murders everyone, essentially. But not Eva. He could have just as easily done it the night before, oh. killed them all in their sleep, and then went to school the next day. Why did he leave Eva alive? Why is it always her? What's mm. his and her relationship that, like, when he's hanging out and pretending with his father, like, he knows his mom knows the truth, and he's like, he wants her to know the truth. I'd argue that Kevin loves his mom 
and only her. If he if there's only one person in this whole film that he loves, I'd argue it would be his his mom, despite the way he acts. And although he is a twisted, messed up kid, he he understands his mom and she understands him and they have these similarities, although he definitely takes those personality traits to an extreme. And they have this strange kind of, I guess, relationship in in that sense. And I guess I wanted to know what you all thought about that relationship and what you guys took from it. The very good question. Martin. What a fucking power move, Manny. <laughs> dropped him right when he starts talking. So I don't know if he feels love or not, but I will say that his relationship with Eva is very special and that it seems that she is the person that he is most honest with in the world. Yes. He is the most himself in front of her. And you're right. It is important to note that in moments of vulnerability, he wants time with her, you know, and he doesn't want fake uh, moments with her either. He makes a point of the dinner to like, you know, at the dinner for his birthday in a mini golf to like, not really partake in those little social niceties. He wants a real time with her because I think he does want to be honest. And he makes he also makes a point of the moment that she hit him being one of the most honest moments she's ever had in her life. Which with is that. probably true. She probably did want to beat the shit out of him or shake him <laughs> a bunch and just yeah. restrained herself because she is privy to the social not social niceties that we as a general society observe. Um and as for his father, his father's fucking clueless. I think he doesn't even respect him. I don't think he thinks much of him. I think he's just like, yeah, he's a fucking oaf that I live with. Mom is probably the only one that really understands. Seely kind of broke my fucking heart. That one, I was like, yeah. that was come pretty on, rough. man. You could have, you could have left Seely go. That's no, gotta break her fucking eye out, give her a glass eye. Yeah, well, more the arrow. <laughs> that was pretty fucking brutal. Oh god, the way I kind of viewed the relationship is kind of how. And I mentioned this before the podcast. He's like Cartman and his mom. His mom just enables him in this way. If if I if the comedic version of this movie is South Park, it's Cartman and his mom. That there's no bumbling idiot. I was actually laughing at the parts when like he would like shit his pants or do something like fucked up. And it's like, who does that? This is Cartman. This is Cartman behavior. Probably shouldn't laugh at that. I probably shouldn't. But it's, like, you know, a giant cry for attention and help, and probably the moment that she should have put him in therapy because he's definitely doing it on purpose. Yeah, I. But I still laughed at that because it just feels weird. Like I was like, oh, I can see where this movie is going to go. It's gonna make everything seem like he's a like a piece of spawn evil shit. He obviously needed help, but the fact that he doesn't, it just kind of like bewilders me. The mom is the enabler to some extent. So is John C. Riley's character. They just don't know what they're doing. Society is like, fuck it, you got to take care of it. There is no safety net for any of them. About the relationship specifically, Carmen sees his mom as kind of like just a, a whatever person, like almost as like, like, a, like as his cat as well. Like he treats his cat as well as he treats his mom. They're basically the same person in the show. I think of this in the same way that like um, Kevin thinks of his mom. She's just a person that takes care of him. She he gets to dictate how she is because she barely like does anything. He just kind of keeps doing shit and nothing ever super bad except for you know breaking his fucking arm that one time happened. It just kind of keeps rolling. 
that's where I think it's like it's a kind of love, it's a kind of intimacy, but it's a you're beneath me kind of intimacy. Because I, I, that's how I see, and I was I was gonna say before you said that that I feel like mm. Cartman's mom is more like Franklin John C. Riley's character. Oh yeah, yeah. In terms Actually. of in terms of the way they act, and I would also say that he probably does think that about his dad. But I do agree with Manny in where okay. I do think that he has a different kind of relationship with, with Eva, with his mom. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. In, in the book, uh, the way the kind of the framing device is, is uh, Eva is writing letters to her husband whom she's divorced from and he lives with their daughter. And she's kind of writing maybe candidly, finally revealing details that she'd never revealed before, like about how the real reason Kevin broke his arm and like this and that and the way she really felt and thought about Kevin throughout his life. Uh, And then it isn't until the very end where it reveals that these letters are going to no one. Mm -hmm. Her husband and their little daughter are dead. How did you guys think about, I guess, the reveal... In this film, because it kind of tried to play that a little bit. I think that was a lot of why there was a lot of weird kind of time skip stuff in the beginning, voicemails and all this. The way they were presenting it, they really wanted you to think that Franklin and her were divorced and he was living with their youngest daughter somewhere else and she was living alone. Yeah, I definitely wasn't entirely sure because, you know, we don't see them in the future timeline for sure. So it is some, there is something to be skeptical there, but I wasn't totally convinced that they were dead or anything. Um the reveal, the real, the reveal saddened me because again, mm. I didn't want the little kid to die. John C. Riley's character, I'm like, you know, no one deserves to die, but you were a bumbling <laughs> fool. You should have seen this coming. You should have believed your wife. And it's still sad that you were killed by your own kid and you didn't see any of it coming. But goddamn, you should have seen some of it coming. Um, I think it was an effective reveal, though, overall. No, I was gonna say it was effective. Uh, saw that part and I was like, oh, that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like. Fuck. I really thought this whole time, like she, like John C. Wright was like, Eva, come home. I miss you. And I'm like, when is this happening? And then it's like, oh, this happened in the past because he's fucking dead. Uh, that was kind of brutal to see them like maimed like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was pretty wild. But yeah. And the, uh, it's a, the visual cue, or not the visual, the audio, 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 the audio cue of the sprinklers. <laughs> audio. Yeah, Happened a callback. Yeah, it's from the very beginning. They show that window, and you hear the sprinklers, and then you get the sprinklers at different uh, at different parts of different. I can't speak today. You get the sprinklers at different oh, no. points in the film throughout, and having seen the film before, I was really paying attention to those audio clues because it, it felt so ominous every time, especially knowing. That the next, the last time you're gonna hear those sprinklers, you're gonna see her dead family in the in the backyard. I think is it, it's effective for a rewatch for sure.
to I'm Sorry Game Pod. Dun dun. Where wee, wee, you're vying for points and the points don't matter. Oh yeah. Oh. There are no points. Uh, but right. what I do want, so what we're going to do today is I'm going to have you each roll uh, a d20 three times. You're going to give me each each of the numbers that you rolled. And then I'm going to give you the adjectives that you get that are going to describe your child. And then I want you to use those adjectives to determine what kind of person your child is, uh, what kind of parent you would be to that child, as well as what your relationship is like. This is a chow game from Sonic Adventure 2. So take a moment to write up what kind of person your child is, what kind of parent you are to that child, and what your relationship is like. And we'll meet back here in a moment. Johnny, you can go first. Okay. So, um, my name as the, the parent is John. Oh, you changed your name? Yes, my I'm. this is not me. Okay. This is definitely not me. Okay. And uh, my kid's name is going to be Connor. Um, John Connor? <laughs> that wasn't intentional, but I guess it is now. Um, I am a basketball dad. I was like, I was really into, into basketball, but I didn't like, you know, I didn't get into the league or whatever. Um, so I enable my kid to play basketball when he's very young. And I just, I coach him. I, I push him harder and harder. Uh, he has a lot of potential, though. He's very, he's very good at basketball, but he kind of prefers to win easily at school and like score points with girls, even as a young age. Um, still, he's he does get the good grades. He does treat his girlfriends nice, and he does get the scholarship to go to uh to go to the big leagues in college basketball. But he kind of gets too full of himself and doesn't realize the the ocean that he's swimming in. And he falls prey to gambling and drugs when he leaves college and goes to the NBA. Um, I was ignorant to this because of just how good he was at everything. And now he struggles heavily with drug addiction and gambling addictions. Damn. Wow, you mm -hmm. went dark. Seriously, man. This is the story of Michael Jackson. No. Oh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Damn. Wrong. I keep mixing up people's names. As recording. Uh, Michael. So that is the story of Connor? Yeah, that's the story of Connor. Do you want to Connor. reveal uh, your, your, what Connor's uh, adjectives through childhood were? Um, yeah, his base is, I think it's pretty obvious, but it might be a bit hard to tell. He was a charismatic, pragmatic, and competitive child. Yeah, works well for, uh, for a basketball dad. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's like that's the dream combo. You gotta win. You gotta win, Connor. You gotta you win. You gave him like super negative like uh aspects of those traits <laughs> towards the end of that. You just were like, yeah, you know, all those things are bad. He's a bad person. Exactly. He's gonna bad. fail at life. Sometimes He's you gonna, take things. What are you doing far? with your life? He was too no, competitive. I, he was too pragmatic. He ended up he was unregulated. No one reined him in. They let him have free reign for everything. Honestly, the issue but, here okay, was. But you're the, the theoretical parent. Why wouldn't you rein him in? He chose not to. I thought to. he was cool. You remember, he I would probably say even I was also like that too. I was like, I'm I've turned out okay. And I just turned out fine. How come you wouldn't turn out the same? You know? A but, very like 
keep it in the family kind of deal. It seemed okay. Does I'm not a parent. I can't judge other people's parenting styles. I'm not even a. <laughs> this is my theoretical child. This wasn't Keanu. Right? This isn't even Keanu's theoretical child. That's oh, no. true. This is John's theoretical child. Exactly. John. Okay, in which case, boy. I will theoretically judge John as a shitty father. You there should you judge John as a shitty father. Why didn't okay. he notice it? He's like, works for me. Also, Obama isn't from America. Oh, that's what. That's the that's kind of dad politics. John is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, John sucks. Manny, what kind of dad are you? Who's your child? Huh? Well, I'll introduce my child first. Um, it's it's a boy. Uh, their name is Basil. Well, I mean, they are whatever they want to be. Who knows what they're going to decide later on in the future. But as for who Basil is at the moment of writing this, uh, Basil is your typical little smarty fuck. Um, has a lot of those characteristics that you see in a kid who takes honors classes and excels academically a bit of an ego uh seemingly disinterested a lot of the time thinks sometimes things are maybe beneath their level of understanding um and their interests vary as you know interests vary when you're young and even when you're old um but they exceed in the academic and logic based aspects of any activity they try so i imagine they have great interest for problem-solving games and puzzles and stuff like that. But, you know, as a parent, I want to encourage a child not only to exceed in their strengths, but I want to encourage them to exceed in their weaknesses. So I would often encourage them to embrace the pathos in life, uh, look at emotions and, you know, kind of get in touch with their own emotions, teach them a little bit of that language to express it. And, you know, being the kind of child that they are, it, Fails mostly to my chagrin, where, you know, a kid is who they are, and if they have a strong personality, maybe they won't be so expressive. It's hard to get people to communicate in that way. Even for people who are emotionally intelligent, it's hard to effectively communicate those emotions. And for someone who doesn't have that emotional intelligence, more of that intellectual aspect of it, or that logic-based aspect, you know, it could be even more difficult. So I'd understand if that doesn't happen, and I want to assure them that even if they can't express those feelings... I very much still love them because that is how I express myself. And so with that, I would just try to bond with them um, with their interests, which, as I've expressed previously, are probably puzzles, logic-based games, maybe offer them little challenges, try to teach them as much as uh, I can on in the areas that I excel in. So going out to nature, talk about eco ecology, plant species... And, yeah, play puzzle-based games with them. Generally, just try to bond with them and encourage them to, again, really strengthen those cores where they're weak and accept them no matter what, because at the end of the day, as a parent, I think the job is to love your kid and just sort of guide them because, you know, even if things don't work out the way you want them to, you tried and you'll be there for them and that's all you can really do as a parent because they are a person and they will do whatever they want at the end of the day. Um... So yeah, that's the story of me and Basel. Basel. And also they hate it when I call them Basel. <laughs> what do they prefer to be called? Their fucking name, which is Basil. That's stupid. I love Basil. That's a kid. <laughs> the, the leaf. The yeah. herb. It's like my favorite. Yeah, it's a really, really? good herb. That's interesting. Yeah. I think oh wait, do we all love Basil in this in this in this friend group? I feel like we all do. 
I love basil. Basil's my favorite yeah. thing to put on anything, and I just think it smells good and it tastes good. Like more yeah. than garlic? That's, yeah, more than different. garlic. I'd prefer basil. Oh, wow. That's nuts. You prefer... You name your kid basil, but you plan yeah, to. Yeah, name your kid garlic, bitch, if that's what you like. I do like hey, garlic. garlic. No. But, um, uh, but that's great, Manny. I think you're a no, great you're father good to Basil. Bazoo. Bazoo. Sounds vaguely French. Yeah. And they probably would get bullied a little bit for that name. But <laughs> probably, yeah. It's like a boy named Sue. You just yep. the world is hard. But anyway. Totally. This game, you guys got uh, lucky there. I actually looked up like um a bunch of threads where people asked sociopaths or or reg- not registered, but diagnosed sociopaths to oh. um describe personality traits that they see in themselves or that other people see in them. And I chose just the either the the most used twenty. So there was um there was quite a, a number of good and bad, charismatic, funny, and then also yeah. uncaring, cold, ruthless, sadistic, narcissistic, manipulative. But then like you know, intelligent, goal-oriented, calm. That uh, depending on what you rolled, could have made either just like a really, just like I guess positive trait person, or could have made. A real rat bastard, I suppose. The point is that just these are traits that can be in anyone. Yeah, you really pulled the rug underneath me. And you guys both made varied humans out of out of the. Oh, by the way, Manny, what were what were your traits as? Yeah, I was gonna ask it. Oh, can I say this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what mine were. Let's see. Uh, it's in your messages. No, it's not. It's uh, stubborn, <laughs> intelligent, and bored. Ah, uh, I see. Yes. I got kind of Sherlock vibes from your kid. Yeah. If if I had a kid, Keanu, please don't tell them that. I don't want it to go into their head. They'd probably already have a fucking ego on them. <laughs> yeah, they're your spawn, dude. Which also probably means they'd feel shitty about themselves. Aww. So, you know what? Every once in a while, Keanu, tell them to fuck off. Okay, it's what I got they you. Need to hear. So, that was, that was I'm Sorry Game Pass. So, now I think we're moving mm. on to the theme discussion. Of- okay. So this month's theme asks whether the characters change throughout the film. So I'd like to pose this question in regards to our two main characters, uh, effectively our protagonist, Eva, and our antagonist, Kevin. How do these characters and their relationship change throughout the film, if at all? It goes... Their relationship gets better despite all the things that Kevin does and all the things that Eva does. Uh, Shocking that the uh, worst that Kevin gets their relationship gets better it does though because <laughs> they connect yeah. a deeper level and i mean she loses everything yeah but yeah you're right it's just it's just like it's almost a it's almost like a positive feedback loop like for a kevin i can do worse and worse things and that only garners me more attention from my mother but that being said then i would say that the relationship never really changed too much I think there was an evolution, but there was no, it's like a Pokemon. It stays pretty much the same, right? Oh. I feel like, like you're, they're the, the same core like evolution concept. evolution just is like, I feel like you're oh. like, I feel like this is synonymous with change. Almost. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I would expect oh, like a oh. change of heart. There was no change of heart. Right. You <laughs> know? Yeah. Grr. Do you just, what was that? Did you just growl? He doesn't like us? that. Mm, Perhaps. Manny. Perhaps. 
Do you disagree? Tell me more. But- yummy, yummy in my tummy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yes. Mm. How scandalous, Keanu. Mm. Oh. What are we doing? <laughs> oh, getting high on a Tuesday. Oh, shit, it is Tuesday. Fuck. Uh-huh. Oh, shit, it's Tuesday? It's really early on in the week, man. Got so much to do, so much to say. Um, Such as? Such as, sorry about that. I was just trying to fuck with Keanu, <laughs> but he didn't even care. I uh, did care. No, you, you like, went on talking while I was doing grrr. I'm just telling you, Keanu, if it was if it was the other way around, I would have stopped everything and I would come to you. Or sorry, that was a verbal typo like, on you. On. Would have yeah, come was, on you. I was, <laughs> I was like, come what? to you. I, I guess that, yeah, like you're coming to him, like to the sounds of him. I, to his yeah. chest. Yeah, yeah. My very, very non-hairy chest. I believe uh, that brings us to ratings. Manny's favorite part of the podcast. Right, that I love that joke. Like right, it's my joke. favorite part of the podcast. I don't think it's a joke. It's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it's true. What is your favorite part of the podcast then? Um, the break. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, ratings time. Uh, yeah, Manny's favorite part of the podcast. What do you? What do you, what do you uh, what's the rating? For we need to talk about Kevin. Well, you know, to answer that question, we need to talk about this movie and how it's a um, 7.5 out of 10. It's a good movie. No, I mean, I'll say this. It's a good movie, but I think it misses the mark sometimes. I think that I understand what they're going for at the beginning of the film when they go back and forth real quickly and how it it has a jarring effect on the viewer. But I think it was unnecessary. I think the story itself is jarring. I feel like the added shock value of being like, you don't know what's going on, was a bit tacky. And I think it's reserved mm. for films that use it a little bit better and directors who know a little bit more what they're doing. I don't know who the director is. I, Lynn you know, Ramsey. that wasn't... She was a relatively who? new director, I believe. I don't think she's done a whole lot, had done a whole lot before, and I don't think she's done a whole lot since. Damn, I was really hoping it was a male director. I'm going to nope. back off now. Uh, <laughs> female, female director, female writer, and the book was written by a female. All, all women at the helm of this project. Damn, I'm gonna back all the way off. It's still seven point five, but <laughs> I don't want to get roasted. Get roasted. Get fucking. No, um, like no. I, I will say that I think that it, there, it was unnecessarily jarring at the beginning, and that I think that a different director could have used it more effectively. I won't say better. No, I'll say better. A better director could have used it more effectively um, or relied less on a jarring film style as opposed to, like, just telling the story in a way that is better suited. I also didn't... I also wasn't a big fan of the scoring. um, But the narrative itself was well done uh, and well executed. Um, And more importantly, the acting was excellent. Um, Each actor played their role. Um... So I think that was the real, I think the writing and the acting were the real saving graces of the film. Yeah, I think that comes down to taste because I I really liked the directing Uh. in this film. I really liked the jarring beginning. I liked how it, because it it felt like it was showing us three different timelines and kind of the Uh film really climaxes when all three timelines meet at like in the last 20 minutes. And I just, I really liked how that all played out. Very Nolan-esque, isn't it? (laughs) 
Yeah, and I liked I liked the, I liked the fractured feel of it, and I liked I liked how she portrayed the fractured feel within the shots themselves. So I, I think that does come down to personal preference for sure. I wouldn't say it's like a better director something could have done it better. There's I think a different director could have done it more to your taste. I think that is true, which is why I didn't want to necessarily say better director at first. I think I think you're spot on. I think that. It does come mm. down to taste. Which most things do at the end of the day. That's true. It's not my fault that your taste is worse than mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Keanu? Um, what's, what's your rating for this film? Um, I'm giving it a good 7 out of 10. It's it's a very highly polished movie. It's you know, it's technically good. Maybe even a bit too good. Like I hated the, the, the red everywhere in some spots. In the cinematography, it's just kind of like... That was actually one of the parts of the cinematography that yeah. I liked the most. Oh, really? I thought it was kind of gaudy. I, I think it was just... It went a little bit too much in that direction. But it's it's probably, again, a personal preference. Um, I I think I'd rather have read the book, honestly. But I am glad that the movie provides its own lens to speak from, rather than just purely adapting the book, you know, to its own self. I would also say maybe don't read the book. I... Oh, really? I, I didn't read the book, but like I, I read obviously the summary and everything about the book. And then I was looking into the author, and yo, she oh, is no. shitty. Don't read the book. Oh, okay. I, uh, is she like an apologist for. So the, the two things that really stood out to me, but there were several. One, uh, she made a speech at a writing summit. Uh, uh, wearing a, a sombrero, talking about how cultural appropriation doesn't exist and is stupid. Oh, and, my God. Which, I mean, there, you could, there's lots of discussions you could have on cultural appropriation, but she's just some white lady, and I don't think she knew at all what she was talking about, and she was just being insensitive to be insensitive. And two, she now lives, she's born and raised, born and raised in America, and she now lives in England, I believe in London or in that general area. Um and wrote an entire essay about how the British people allowing refugees. No, actually, I'm just going to find the actual quote because I I want to do justice. Just how uh, just how. Oh, God. Shitty. I thought her statement was considering that she herself isn't even from the UK. Uh, <laughs> I can find her name is Lionel Shriver. That's right. This is what she wrote. So she, she argued against migration into the UK. In 2021, she wrote an article which stated, for Westerners to passively accept and even abet incursions by foreigners so massive that the native-born are effectively surrendering their territory without a shot fired is biologically perverse. Ugh. What the fuck? Which straight up just sounds like white nationalism because she herself is not even from the UK. She's coming over there, moving over there. And then it's like, why would why would Westerners allow foreigners to come to this place that's biologically perverse to not try to kill them? Like that was I just think there's so much messed up about what she said, especially because she's just a white woman from America that also just recently moved to the UK. She's not, she's not even from there. She's one of those immigrants that she's talking about. Um, but she doesn't see herself that way because she's really talking about white people against, quote unquote, the others, which are non-white people. 
clearly. Mm. That's obviously what she's saying, and that's just really fucked up. Uh, so actually, I was interested like you in reading the book, and then I looked into oh the author God. herself, and I'm like, I'm actually glad I watched the movie. Thanks. Yeah. Point is, Keanu, don't fucking read. Never read. Yeah, you know what? Readings for nerds. They all turn into turf or racist. Oh, literally, Wacky. all authors Wacky. suck. Stop list don't even. What the That's fuck? That's true. We talked about it like a few weeks back. The guy who wrote Ender's Game. Yes, Ender's Game has some pretty good morals and some pretty good stories, and it's generally a good story. And then the author of Ender's Game is a jackass. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, too. Where, like, you can take good themes out of a story, and then it turns out yeah. the author's a total shithead. So anyways, folks, that's the message that I'm sorry Grandpa has given you. Don't, Don't read. read! It's stupid! Listen, Listen instead. Podcasts will never steal you wrong. What are you, a nerd? Watch your movies, drink your beer, eat your fucking fried foods, and die a happy person. True. True. Hell yeah. Can I get an amen? from a massive fucking heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be happy. Amen. Live, yeah. live fast, die young. Bad girls do it well. By <laughs> <laughs> the greatest philosopher of our time, Taylor Swift. Bad bitch shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know we got bad. Okay, so, uh, sorry, Kenny. Was that... and my, my, I'm done with mine. Told, let's go to, let's yeah, go to Morgan. Okay. I apologize for interrupting, but <laughs> you saying that about the book reminded me about that thing about the author, and I've been like, st- I've been boiling, I've insane. been stewing over it. I yelled about oh it to God. Jasmine when I read it, and I just I had to share it here. Uh, she sucks oh my anyway. Fucking God. Did you actually give a rating this time, by the way, Morgan? I didn't oh, hear yes, your here. obscureness. Uh, it's my turn. No, we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, fuck. We're still on racist. I gave a seven. I give this movie a mother's love out of an arrow to the heart. I used to be a, a, a killer like you and took an arrow to the knee. Yeah. yeah, I think that brings us to the end of not only we need to talk about Kevin, but also March. I think mm. March is marching away. And... Uh, <laughs> Good one. We're moving on to the, I think I'm I think I'm noticing some some rain, a little some some April showers <gasps> perhaps. Oh. How did you know? That's right, I'm a folks. Wizard. It's beginning to be that time again. Um I don't know shit about poetry, but uh I've heard some people say that when April showers, May flowers. Last year we focused on May flowers, movies with flowers in them. So this year, we're focusing on movies that have shower or bath scenes. Oh, my God. And I'm picking. <laughs> so no rain. Uh-huh. I, I'm excluding Literal rain. Literal shower, like a human <laughs> shower. Yes, a shower. I'm just, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, and, um, I can't hold it back. How do I hate everything that you do? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hold it back. I wanted to be nice, but fuck you. I can't back here I, don't, I hate everything that you do <laughs> oh my god you picked a movie you picked flower movie last month or last year so i'm like yeah hey, and you fucking deconstructed it you were like yeah it's a parallel to that but instead it's just shower scenes the fuck yeah it's not clever it's uh <laughs> sorry 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 okay shower scenes <laughs> got it april showers and april uh showers. i'm picking one of my favorite films with the shower scene in it. I'm pretty sure we've all seen it, but uh, American Psycho starring Christian Vito. Bale. Uh, oh, well, you can't. Nope, you already you can't. did your Vito. You can't anymore. Oh, shit. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, do you mm-hmm. hate this movie, uh, Manny? I just saw it. it recently. Oh, son of a... Well, God damn it. I guess you it's fine. don't have to watch it again yeah. if you don't want to. Which, to be fair, when I say recently, I mean like I watched American Psycho like two years ago. Oh, uh, that's not recent uh, at all. Okay. You can it's kind of recent. I, I, I watch it almost yearly. I might just not. Oh, is this, like, this, a bad is a year, movie. this is a yearly film for you, Keanu? Yeah, it's like a fun movie for me to watch. Okay, but uh, like, you know it's bad, right? Yeah. Sorry, no. That's me being mean. I shitty. think it's a fun, bad movie. Yeah, it's not. I know lots of people that love this movie, so it's like, uh, and I know lots of people, people that also love Christian Bale, so they love this movie for a number of reasons. Nah, this is why. This is a good movie. We probably should have said this a while ago, but I am sorry, Grandpa. I'm I am sorry, sorry listener, Grandpa. You're so tired. I'm so tired. I'm not that tired, Grandpa. Let's stay up tonight, then, Grandpa. I'm not that this... drunk. <laughs> no. You also sound like Mike Tyson. It's just the lisp, isn't it? The very, <laughs> the very end of it, I'm like, oh, that's Mike Tyson. It's just the lisp, dude. Yeah, dude.